I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index on the Anfield Index Podcast Network. I am your host, Matt Topolsky, and I am joined, as always, by my co-commentating colleague, Mo Chatra. Mo, how's life treating you? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, very happy because Chelsea lost again yesterday. Oh, so uh, did, did. let's all take a moment to laugh at Chelsea. <laughs> let- <laughs> Let's all take a moment to reflect at the fact that they are one point away from the ledge. How <laughs> <laughs> long may it continue as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, hey, listen, there is a question that is on all of the listeners' minds, Mo, before I do these other incredible introductions, because we have great guests on the show this week. Did you recover from your kidney stone? Short answer is no. No, I still have the stone. And, uh, yeah, it was – unfortunately, it was so big, it can't pass. I mean, even if I was hung like two cold Scorpio, it still wouldn't pass. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it, it will either need to be zapped. I'm going for a zapping shockwave treatment next week. And if that's not successful, they're going to operate on me and try and remove it that way. But uh, – that baby's still in there, so Man. Um, whilst it's there, um, I'm still having to uh, suffer in silence. But gosh, man! Well, I I hope everything works out for you. If you get that thing out, my suggestion would be have it have it bronzed, you know, <laughs> have it bronzed, have it put on a mantle or something, uh, you know, it'd be be very special. Um, well, listen, we have great guests on the show, so without further ado, let me introduce them. The first guest on the program. This week is my other co-commentating colleague from Reality of Wrestling and my co-host from Your Opinion Doesn't Matter at OpinionPodcast.com, the entertainment world champion, Brad Gilmore. How whoa, you doing, whoa, my friend? Whoa, whoa, whoa. And you also forgot 2015 Roe Ward Media Maven, yeah. by the way. But I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me back on the show. Awesome. Great to have you here. And also, we are very honored to have Neil Docking on the program this week. Neil is a wrestling writer for the UK Daily Mirror and Liverpool Echo, and also a former colleague of yours as well, Mo. So, Neil, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Index. Thanks for being here. Oh, good evening. It was a dramatic pause then. I liked it. You really built up the tension. 
<laughs> you know how to work the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. I like to say I don't get to write much wrestling for the Liverpool Echo, but I do my bit. I'm a court reporter by day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing my best to bring wrestling back to the people of Merseyside. Awesome, man. And he shares an office with James Pierce. Um, so, you know, he's a top bloke. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty awesome. James stuff. Pierce, uh, the top Liverpool FC correspondent for the uh, Echo, as well as others like Christian Walsh. Um, so, yeah, um, certainly. Um, yeah, a lot of good reporters at the Echo, uh, Liverpool fans should be following. Uh, Neil Jones, Christian Walsh, uh, obviously James Pierce. Yeah. Uh, it's always the first place you want to be looking for your uh, Liverpool uh, FC news. Uh, get my corporate plug in there. <laughs> yeah, why not do it at the start? Yeah, good one. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Neil, for being on the show. We get to talk some some pro wrestling and sports entertainment uh, tonight on the pod. Listen, guys, it has been a crazy 48 hours in WWE. For weeks and months on this show, we have dogged WWE over the direction of their program, uh, over Monday Night Raw each and every week, and the ratings crisis that they have had. What a dramatic shift in direction. Many people are very happy. Others still not pleased. We're going to talk about all of it. But let's start out with WWE TLC Sunday night live on the WWE Network. Mo, first of all, your thoughts and impressions on this show. And what are some of the things that stood out to you? Well, I mean, if I was to give the show a grade, if I can do that. Yes. I will give it... An A minus. Wow. Um, yes, yes. I mean, not even a B plus, an A minus. It was really impressive. I went into the show um, dreading it, actually. Um, I've been so <laughs> down on the WWE in the last few weeks that I thought, do I really want to sit through three hours of this? And um, I tweeted before and said, my expectations are very low. I really wasn't expecting much. Um, the build up for the show over the last several weeks on Raw and SmackDown were very uninspiring. And so my expectation levels were about as low as you can get. And even the lineup on paper um, wasn't all that enthralling either. So, um, you know, when I watched the show and I saw the first match, I was blown away. I mean, it, it was it was a stud fest. It was a spot fest, sure. But my, my point on that match is this. Just as... There is more than one way to have great sex. So there is more than one way to have a great wrestling match. And that was one of many types of examples of having a great wrestling match. Sure. Especially if have... you're hung like two cold Scorpio. Yeah. Oh, God. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, hung like an ornament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was not everyone's type of wrestling match. Sure. But. Um, it was so exciting and so different to what we normally see on TV um, that with all those crazy moves, the crazy stunts, it really got the crowd going and um, it set the tempo for the rest of the show. And um, the match was just absolutely enthralling. Yeah, it and, was... and, and to be fair, the match that we're talking about is the WWE Tag Team Championship triple threat ladder match between the New Day, the Lucha Dragons and the Usos. What about that Salida Del Sol from the uh, the top of the ladder? Oh, man. That was something else. I mean, that was insane. How he was walking um, the day after the show was just um, mind-boggling. Uh, that was just insane. And I think he'll feel it because you just can't do stuff like that and not experience some pain or some kind of um, issues as a result. So, 
that was a very brave thing for him to do. Um, but it was it was almost worth worth doing for him because um, you know he really made his name on that show. I mean, Kalisto has been impressing us since um, the Lucha Dragons debuted on Raw um, back in April, but um, that was really a star making performance. He really caught the eye, and I think when um, Kofi Kingston praised him. Um, in that interview on uh, in the third hour of Raw, um, I think his comments were very uh, very genuine and uh, really putting him over and deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Uh, what what were your initial impressions of the show, and what kind of letter grade would you give TLC? Similar to Mo, really, in, in many respects. I wasn't particularly you know looking forward to the show, and it's unusual for me. I, I'm normally you know really excited when a WWE pay per view is coming around, but. I'd actually been to an NXT event in Blackpool uh, on Sunday night, seen a great show, and, and drove home. And I heard the atmosphere was, there was very special too. Oh, it, it was electric. It was something else. It really was. I, I mean, the, the match, uh, you know, with um, Chad Gable and, and Jason Jordan uh, versus Blake and Murphy. I mean, their names are being sung for ten minutes at the start of the match. I'm sure a lot of you will have seen the clips now on on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, fan clips, fan recordings, just an electric atmosphere in there and so much talent on display. But I'm digressing there. I'm sure we can come back to that. But when I, when I got home, I, you know, I weighed up staying up to, up to watch the pay-per-view. And in the end, uh, I watched uh, the first match and then decided to call it night. But at that point, at that point, I really wanted to stay up. If I hadn't have been for work in the morning, I definitely would have done. Because as Mo says, it was just an electrifying opener. And it was great to see the Lucha Dragons after, you know, nine months sort of floating around on Raw and SmackDown, not really making their mark. You know, that was the night when they finally arrived, wasn't it? You know, officially arrived now, I think we can say, um, in WWE. So but overall, I'd, I'd say maybe a B plus. I thought it was a, a really encouraging show. And I just thought that the whole roster works so hard, you know, to, to entertain the fans. Well, Brad Gilmore, we discussed this earlier this week on Your Opinion Doesn't Matter at OpinionPodcast.com. However... Great plug. Thank you. What were your thoughts and initial impressions on this show, and what would you give it for a letter grade? Um, you know, <clears throat> you know, I'm kind of echoing the sentiments of, of Mo and Neil. You know, uh, typically for every special event, for every pay-per-view, I'm really excited. I can't wait to sit down at the network, you know, pull it up on the, on the big screen and kick back and enjoy, for the most part, uh, uh, most of the shows. But for this one, I was like, eh. You know, my birthday's tomorrow. We just had reality wrestling the night before, which was an awesome show. I kind of was. Birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but you know, I wasn't. I, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy the show as much as I as much as I ended up doing because I give the show. Uh, I gave it on uh, a, on on our show um, a B plus, and I think it's a strong B plus. I think that match though that opened the show was an A plus plus, and uh, overall, and, and we talked about earlier in the in the in the, in the week. I feel, and I don't know if y'all would agree with me, Mo and Neil, but the shows where you have like the low, the low expectations, and you're not really looking forward to see every single time they blow it out of the water. And I don't know if it's because the wrestling is that good, or just because we're going in with such low expectations. It's like when you go see a Fast and the Furious movie, you're like, this movie's not going to be any good, and then all of a sudden they just come out with this great film, uh, you know, maybe like, like a Fast Five, and you're like, wow, you know, is it because the movie's great, or is it because my expectations were low? But anyway, this show w- was very good, solid B+, plus. And uh, that that tag team match was just incredible. And when you have someone like uh, 
like we talked about with Kalisto. This is a guy who's been shining since he was even on his own in NXT with the stuff he's able to do in the ring. I really think if uh, if he can continue to kind of do those special stunts, I don't, want, I don't want him to bump himself to death, but if he continues doing those stunts, we might, we just might have finally found the answer to Rey Mysterio. Ah. I mean, I'm not saying he's mm. at that level yet, anywhere near, but I'm saying this man can do the things in the ring uh, that I've never seen before, and that's what reminds me of Ray. Like, you know, they tried with Sin Cara, and then this is like Sin Cara Dos or whatever, but, uh, you know, Kalisto has something very special, and he's able to do things I don't think anyone else on that roster can do. Yeah, and he just needs the platform, and it, it looks like uh, like he got it. Now, listen, i got to agree with, 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 with everybody on the panel as well. Uh, I gave this show a B minus, uh, and the reason why it didn't get an A minus from me was because there was only one part of the show where there was just some excess fat, and that was Rusev and Ryback. So you take Rusev and Ryback out of this show, and you put anything in there. I mean, I would have preferred a commercial for the network, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> um, so because of that, I gave it a B minus. But I have to agree. I think this is one of the 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 top five tag team ladder matches in the history of WWE. Um, well, we got to see Lana as well in that segment, so it wasn't all bad. And Lana was brilliant. Well, let's they say, yeah. Well, we UK. okay. Well, I'll take it back if we could just get a commercial for the network and then Lana. If we could <laughs> just get a shot of Lana for the amount of time they gave him, I mean, good God, that woman doesn't even look real. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> She doesn't even look like a real thing. And whatever she was wearing, I'm sorry, I hope my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. Whatever she was wearing on on Sunday night was just out of this world. It was just it was phenomenal. It was very special. Who was she wearing? Who, who she? I wish she would wear me. Who was she wearing? Um, anything else that stood out uh, on this this pay per view, this special event to you, Mo, uh, in terms of TLC? Well, um, we have to speak about the final segment yeah. of the show. Um, the main event was okay. It was it was probably a good match. Um, Roman Reigns against um, uh, Neil Docking's good mate uh, Sheamus, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was fine. But the segment that followed the match, and I should point out, obviously, um, through a screw job type finish, uh, Sheamus retained the title. Um, but post match, and that's when. Uh, Roman Reigns went absolutely batshit crazy and just destroyed everyone in sight. And uh, that was probably the greatest thing we've ever seen uh, Roman Reigns involved in since he debuted on the WWE main roster. Um, It was absolutely a thing of beauty. And, you know, we've been criticizing the WWE booking team for weeks and weeks and weeks about how they've not been able to do something more effective with Roman Reigns. Well, whether it was the booking team or whether it was Vince or Triple H, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't care. All I know is is they did a fantastic job of getting him over. He finally came across like a monster. He came across like a serious badass, and he came across like somebody that the fans can root for rather than the contrived, choreographed, um, overproduced um, Roman Reigns that we've been seeing for months and months and months. And the the Roman Reigns that fans just couldn't take to. In one night, the fans completely changed and were rooting for him. And that was absolutely beautiful. That was WWE at its very best when they can have that kind of impact on an audience and their perception and their reaction towards an individual and a talent. And that that was um, 
so important as we saw um, the following night, which we'll come on to later on. Yeah, that that was that was that was one of the best things the WWE has done this year. You know, Mo, I like 100% agree with everything you just said, which might be a wow. first time. Yeah. Is that a first time? We're breaking ground. It probably is. We're breaking ground, breaking and it's up. better than yeah. a no, WWE no Network show. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, that I, and we talked about it, Matt. That and you even mentioned some, I think, Mo earlier about a star-making performance from Kalisto. This was a star-making performance of Roman Reigns. Like, I remember after that uh, Royal Rumble earlier this year when the crowd just boos him out of the building. The next uh, – you know, not the next night. In the, Philly. In Philly. But the following week, um, he came out there, and he kind of gave us what we wanted, where he just – remember he did that from the middle of the ramp spear to the big show, and it was just out of this world, and everyone was losing their mind about it. Like – and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. That's what we want. Damn it. And then, <laughs> and then like, you know, then we get this bad kind of booking for a long time. But then when he does this stuff to Triple H, not only does he smash him with the chair, power bombs him on the table, does the elbow through the table, Triple H is hobbling up. Roman Reigns then decides, I want some more, turns around, runs as full speed and spears uh, Triple H. This is exactly how he's need how he was needed to be booked like you said most since his debut when he was in the shield this is why people cheered from him because he was silent but deadly he was a badass this man was just a a a bona fide badass and that's why we bought into him originally do you remember the royal rumble uh in 2013 i believe oh, no 2014 when batista won it was down to batista and roman reigns it's when he eliminated 12 guys or whatever that's what we wanted i remember the whole crowd was just saying please roman reigns win and this is what we've always wanted from reigns this badassism take no prisoner i'm pissed off so i'm gonna kick your ass yeah absolutely neil what did you think of of the finish to this and Speak a little bit about Sheamus, if you will. Um, what, wh- how do you feel about Sheamus's presentation since he's come back and since the title's been put on him as well? well it's, it's a difficult one. I think I think everybody knew that Sheamus, you know, his time as a face w- was a failure. You know, he needed to get back to the bullying heel, the Sheamus that originally made an impact. You know, in his feud with Triple H in his early days. You know, but. I think I'm not the first person to say, I think I'm sure you've said on here, he looks absolutely ridiculous. There's <laughs> just, yes, it's just, you know, his beard is I just mean, he's coming out to chance yeah. if you look stupid every week. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, he, and he's meant to be, you know, to an extent, this badass champion. And instead, he's just a bit of a laughing stock. And I don't think that's the character they're looking for. They're not looking for some, you know, a, a comedy a heel champion. They're looking for, you know, a vicious bully champion but then saying that you know putting his putting his look his image to one side you know i think his in-ring work has generally been good uh, i think he worked really hard last night he put on i think he, last night and the night before i think two nights in a row he's, he's put on you know very strong main events uh, with roman reigns um I, th- I thought it was interesting that echoing the point mo made you know at the start of this match you had the crowd chanting for john cena you had them you know, chanting about Seth Rollins, and, and and you just thought this is this this could really you know turn ugly. This could be difficult. You know, both men were throwing each other into tables, hurling each other into chairs, and and the crowd weren't really taken to it. Uh, and then there was the uh, the, the spot, you know, where he, uh, Sheamus obviously um, hit white noise on um, Roman off the steel steps uh, through the table. I think it was, uh, and, and the crowd just came alive. And from that from that point on. They worked so hard, and, and they won them over. And, and like Mo says, none of us want to see a John Cena light Roman Reigns. You know, I, I, it used to drive me to distraction how casual he was 
about the things the authority were doing to him, about the way the title had been stolen from him. You know, something terrible had happened to him. One week, the next week, he'd come out laughing and joking and telling childish jokes. You know, you want to see somebody who responds, you know, with with absolute brutality. And, and that's what we got from him. And, and I think Seamus was, was a really good foil for that. I, I do think some of his ring work is underrated, but, but people don't believe in his character. And that, unfortunately, uh, undermines everything that he does. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and and that's the thing is that there was a time when that that first incarnation of of Sheamus as a heel when he was feuding with Triple H, probably my favorite period of Sheamus. You know, when he would say a warrior never bows to a king. Um, I I, I loved that from him, and I know that that's that's inside of him. Listen, this guy's a great athlete. Um, he can be a very good talker. Um, even a few weeks ago on Raw, he had a a, a pretty damn good promo uh, with Renee Young. Uh, so it is in him. Um, but they have to allow him to be an extension of his personality, and the way he's currently packaged I don't think is the case. And I hope that um, once the program between he and Roman Reigns is complete, I don't know if it is yet, uh, if they're going into something with Triple H, which I guess we'll explore here in a few minutes, um, but I hope perhaps there could be a repackaging of him, and not necessarily a face turn, but just kind of change a little bit about how he presents himself uh, as a heel and the way he presents himself from a, a dress perspective because uh, having the diamond pendant bracelets hanging off of his face just looks ridiculous, and so does the mohawk. So, um, But then again, you know, different strokes for different folks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Before we move, I just want to say as well, talking yeah. about the ridiculous, I, I think we can all thank the Lord that the Mex-America gimmick seems to have finally bit the dust. Um, you know, it, it was painful to see Del Rio return with so much pomp and circumstance, you know, win the uh, United States Championship and then just be burdened by an absolute joke of a storyline. Um, you know, I, I thought that was refreshing to see. That's long gone, and he's he's back to being the man, you know, who breaks arms and uh, and punishes and bullies in the ring. Yeah, well, as you know, Brad, you had pointed this out on on our podcast a few days ago when we're talking about uh, Del Rio. He had done that interview in the social media lounge with Tom Phillips, and they asked him about who, yeah, who, <laughs> and they uh, well, let's go back to our colleague Sean Mooney, who, um, and they had uh, Tom Phillips asked uh, Del Rio about this, and he had just said, well, you know what, Mex America, it's not working. Yeah, he goes Mex America. It's not working. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> right you are, Del Rio. Right you are. Yeah, so for anything yeah. else, at least Alberto Del Rio is honest. Yeah, at least you know? he's an honest He's an honest United States champion. And and I, I really like that now he's no longer with Zeb Coulter. He's no longer in Mex-America. He can be Alberto Del Rio. And, I mean, I don't know. Mo, what do you think about the League of Nations? I mean, what do you think about Alberto Del Rio do you think it's a good idea and concept, or do you think that that was just a device to to provide with these uh these inter interferences for these couple of matches? Is that all the League of Nations was? So Sheamus had some backup. It was like authority adjacent, or what? Or was that like is is it a good concept? No, it isn't. No, it's it's a terrible concept. Um, I mean, I, I think it was just an idea that um, one of the two dozen writers had that particular week and uh, they were so desperate to do something different that they said, okay, well, let's run with it. And, um, you know, there, there's just no sense to that storyline whatsoever. Four guys that had previously had no real dealings with one another all randomly clubbed together um, under a, root, a kind of ridiculous kind of um, uh, kind of tag 
League of Nations. It's a silly name. And um, there's just no kind of chemistry between the four. And in fact, one of them is, is already injured. Um, uh, Wade Barrett tweeted uh, earlier on that um, he has some kind of um, injury. And so um, that's why he was not on Raw or um, the pay-per-view over the last couple of nights. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, it's disbanded pretty quickly. It really isn't any kind of solid cohesive unit. And um, I think that they can probably move on from there fairly rapidly. And, and I hope that, that that would be the case. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Have they printed any League of Nations T-shirts yet? I don't think there's any League of Nations T-shirts. Oh, cause say, cause there's a Seamus 515 T-shirt, which I'm getting you for Christmas. You are? Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can wear it. I can wear it under my Liverpool kit on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> wonderful. You know what? Maybe they, over. You know it. what they need to put in the store? By the way, what? We need a retro Owen three sixteen T shirt. I just broke your neck. That's what I want. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty sweet. My well, what favorite, about my favorite Owen? What about what about uh? What was it? Shane McMahon six thirty six. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shane O'Mac, <laughs> miss me some Shane O'Mac. Well, listen, guys. Any final thoughts on TLC before we move on? Because we got a lot to talk about, and we got to get into Raw. Well, what do you guys think of um? You know, Kevin Owens and, and obviously Dean Ambrose capturing the uh, IC title. Oh um, yeah. You know, I, I'm pleased for Dean, but I, I wonder where Owens goes from here. It's a great question. Well, yeah, go ahead. Mo. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it was um, something that I was negative about. It was one of the few things about the show I was negative about. Kevin Owens is somebody who's an exceptional talent. And we've known about this um, since long before he debuted on the main roster. And part of the reason why he swept through NXT super quick and uh, was elevated into the main roster is because he's such an exceptional talent. And he made an instant impact earlier this year um, with his initial program um, opposite John Cena. And they, you know, forged some exceptional matches together um, over several months. Since then, um, his momentum has been slightly on the wane. And I think the way he's been booked over the last two months has been very disappointing. And uh, I think that's a real shame because at a time when they're so depleted of bona fide superstars, real superstars, people you can, you know, really build a company around. Um, now would be the time to make Kevin Owens something special and they've not taken the opportunity. Um, so one of the um, things that Neil and I discussed online was about whether, um, you know, it's about an intention to have Kevin Owens move up to something else, um, slightly more higher and more prominent and that this is a way to transition him from the IC title onto something else. Um, and if that's the idea, then great. But um, I just don't see where it goes because um, they've put the title on um, Roman Reigns. I can't see Reigns against Owens headlining WrestleMania. Um, so if that's not the case, where are they going to go with Kevin Owens? Are they going to go down the route of having him feud against Brock Lesnar leading to WrestleMania? That's one of the things we've talked about. That would certainly be good for him. Uh, would Brock put him over? I don't think so. Um, so it's difficult to tell. I mean, yeah, on the one hand, I'm glad for Dean Ambrose, but Dean's jobbed about 2,000 times this year. And, uh, you know, his, his uh, momentum's, you know, really... Um, hit the skids in the last 12 months. I mean, he really has something going for him after the breakup of um, 
of uh, the shield. And uh, since then, um, he really hasn't been going anywhere. And so it was a shame that they sacrificed Owens um, to try and rebuild Ambrose. And I think they could have done it in a different way. Um, but you know that it's happened now, and let's just let's just see. I mean, we were quite down about their use of Roman Reigns, and um, they surprised us, and they've turned it around within two days. So perhaps they can do the same for Owens too. Yeah, it was a surprising booking decision uh, on my uh, in my estimation. One of the reasons why is because just a month prior to this, uh, you had Owens losing clean to Ambrose in the title tournament. Um, so. That doesn't help Kevin Owens, and, and, and WWE's had a history, as we've seen, and the statistic that I pulled out on the last show talking about Seth Rollins losing 15 out of 16 matches as WWE champion uh, you know, over that course of a 16-match period. Uh, they have a, a habit of doing this to their champions where they are holding a title, and at the same time they're losing matches clean while holding the title. doesn't help the championship, doesn't help the character. And this certainly doesn't help Kevin Owens. On one hand, I think it's an exciting shift in direction. It'll be interesting to see what Dean Ambrose does for the Intercontinental Championship and what being Intercontinental Champion does for Dean Ambrose. But I am a little disappointed because I'm very high on Kevin Owens, and I don't want Kevin Owens to get lost in the minutia of the mid-card. Brad, final thoughts on Owens before we move on. Um, You know, I mean, I don't – I don't. I mean, he, he definitely hasn't been booked the way he has when he uh, – first made his debut back I think that was February on WWE television around Elimination Chamber time I think it was into February um oh or something like that but um I'm trying to think when did I go to that Huey Lewis concert <laughs> it's whatever that was because I remember he was wrestling Cena that weekend on the pay-per-view and that's when he beat Cena I don't know if we could go back in time yeah yeah yes. we could figure it out you see what I did there yeah um but you know I think in the tournament, I don't think that loss to really Dean really, I mean, hurt him all that much. He was still one of the final combatants in a, you know, uh, World Heavyweight Championship tournament. So I don't think that really hurts him so much. I think taking the title off of him uh, is the right move. And I think it's kind of why, you know, what Mo said a minute ago about trying to get him up to the next level. I know there's been a lot of rumors about Brock versus Owens. I don't know, though, uh, if this loss now affects those plans or if it helps those plans. I don't know. What do you think, man? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, a few days before this pay-per-view, I think it was that Saturday, uh, Dave Meltzer had come out and basically said if, and look for this in the match, if Kevin Owens goes over on Dean Ambrose clean, that would be an indication that they are moving forward with the plan for Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and it would be the beginning of them building Owens as a real beast. But uh, now we've seen this major shift in direction with uh, with Roman Reigns, and I think uh, that's ultimately building for perhaps a Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar showdown at Mania with possibly something happening with Reigns and somebody else, which we'll get into in a few minutes at the Rumble. But we'll see. Uh, like I said, I hope Owens doesn't get lost in the mid-card but uh, but only time will tell. Or perhaps this will elevate both stars as they go into a continued program trading the Intercontinental Championship and trading victories, which could help both of them. So uh, only time will tell, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Let's move on to talk about Monday Night Raw, guys. Uh, another special night, a night which was well-received by, gosh, I would say 90% of social media. We're very high on this. Mo, were you? Absolutely, I was. Yes, I mean, after weeks and weeks of dour and disappointing uh, Raw shows, this was a breath of fresh air. I mean, we had some great matches, 
um, some great angles, um, some fantastic storyline advancement. And um, as a result, the crowd was into the show. And uh, we've not really seen that either um, in recent weeks. Um, the crowd haven't really been given much to get into. The booking has been so stale, so um, bereft of imagination that um, it was hard for fans at these live shows to really get into anything um, except for the new day. And even with the new day in recent weeks on Raw, they had been overexposed as well, I felt. So um, this, this was great. I mean, there was so many good things about it. And, um, you know, the way that they booked um, Roman Reigns during the show, um, there were one or two things I wasn't too keen about, but by the end of the show, um, he was stronger than ever. And, uh, you know, the main event was just fantastic. It was so well booked. Um, so well laid out, so many great twists and turns, had the smokes, mirrors, bills and whistles, you name it. And, um, you know, so many twists and turns. But by the end, um, when we thought Roman Reigns wouldn't be walking away with the title, he did. And he became the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That was fantastic. Neil, we've been pretty hard on Monday Night Raw over the last few months on this show. And obviously social media hasn't been much kinder. And neither have the television ratings here in the States or abroad. Uh what were your thoughts regarding this Monday Night Raw? Do you echo the uh, the thoughts and opinions of Mo? Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought in many ways this was you know WWE, you know answering the questions that, that fans have been putting putting to it and, and and reminding fans that you need to tune into Raw because you know anything can happen. I mean, how long has it been since we saw the world title uh, change hands on Raw? I mean, I really should have looked this up uh, <laughs> in advance, but. I, I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, you know, it's got to be some time now. I mean, I, I guess Ziggler um, took the world title after WrestleMania from um, or Del Rio. About, or how about the world title changing hands on Raw with Vince McMahon at ringside while it's happening? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this was WWE doing what it does best and really executing it. I mean, you know, it had that had that feeling didn't it of, of a main event you know dare I say it during the uh, the peak of the attitude era you know as, as most said there's so many bells and whistles there's so many distractions there were so many twists and turns I mean when uh, when Reigns hit the uh, Superman punch on Vince and, and Vince sold it like only he can you know crumpling on the apron and and then obviously he turned to a bro kick from Sheamus I thought well that's it you know, he's going to lose the match, but he kicked out and, and, and went on and, and, and caught the title. And I just love the little touches, you know, reinforcing the badass character, the way he, uh, you know, just brushed Vince out of the ring, you know, sort of uh, dismissively kicked him out of the ring after uh, after lift, lifting the belt was a, was a great moment, I thought. And and all night long, it, it remind, I mean, all night long over the course of three hours, which is still, uh, you know, too long and difficult to maintain concentration. But you were looking forward to that main event from the first confrontation with Stephanie when she went into billion dollar princess mode, you know, those harsh slaps uh, to the face of Reigns. I mean, they look, they look pretty tough, especially the last one. Um, you know, it just, and then with Vince appearing, I mean, I felt a little bit sorry for, uh, 
our truth from Bo Dallas. Uh, I think they're uh, under no illusions where they are in the chain of things. Bo Dallas <laughs> needs to hit a treadmill, by the uh, way. He really does. He's, yeah. put a, he's getting a little tubby. Yeah. Get the hell out of my ring. Yeah. He's, starting to re- he's starting to resemble his brother, isn't he? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Maybe maybe he'll be the new member. Maybe, yeah, but he'll, be, the, the maybe is, he'll be though, the new face of Flab. Yeah. Bo Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing about his brother, though, is he can wear Tommy Bahama shirts out to the ring. Yeah, it's you okay. Know, Bo Dallas is there in white trunks. I mean, Brad... We were we we both have chatted about this quite a bit. It, it, I mean, it was a very enjoyable show. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting little statistic for everyone. I want to get a reaction to this. The, this week's. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Third hour rating has is was higher than the previous month's first hour rating has been. Uh, yeah, a little round of applause there for WWE go, on WWE. that. WWE <laughs> was up almost 1 million viewers this week. Very close to up 1 million viewers. The third hour did 3.83 million, which is the biggest number they've had. Like I said, bigger than even the opening to the show for the past several weeks. You know, um, the, the show was incredible. It was very well done. And I just want to say... To everyone on Twitter who's saying, oh, this is so WCW-esque to book a world title change, you know, uh, when you could do it on pay-per-view. This is like Hogan and Goldberg. Uh, your opinion doesn't matter, and you all are pieces of idiot shit, because <laughs> this was great storytelling. This is what we want. This is what we yearn for. This is what we've complained about. Give us a story. Finally, an opening promo with Stephanie McMahon gives us a real hook. That's what they always say that opening promo's for, to give you a hook for the rest of the show. Well, Guess what? Hook, line, and motherfucking sinker because this was a fantastic show. Well, I got to say, um, you know, I, I grew up two hours outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I've spent a lot of time in Philly. Uh, I have family in, in, on the on the southeastern part of the state of Pennsylvania. And I got to tell you something. Those fans can be brutal. I have been in the House of Hardcore before the legendary bingo hall for ECW. Oh, that little regional show? The re- yeah, the little regional promotion, as you call it. <laughs> um, and I can tell you those fans can be brutal. Their ovation for Roman Reigns at the end of the night 
tells you everything you need to know. It has come full circle from, as you pointed out, Brad, 11 months ago, him being booed out of the building in Philly after winning the Royal Rumble to that moment. And Roman Reigns actually wants the show went off the air, addressed the live crowd, and thanked them for that, and thanked them for that motivation. But I think what he should be doing is he should be thanking WWE for finally getting it right. Uh, and, and how they booked this was just masterful because between what happened on Sunday night at TLC and what happened Monday night on Raw, I think a star has been born. And now the question is going to be how are they going to book him going forward? That that will really determine whether or not this lasts. But at least for right now, uh, bask in the glow of it, Roman Reigns, because uh, you are the man. Indeed, indeed. And um... – no, it's it great to see them finally get it right in terms of booking him. I mean, one of the things that I know that I know that Brad is kind of always reluctant to give credit for ECW and what it did, but one of the things Paul Heyman was very, very good at was masking talents' inadequacies and highlighting their strengths and their good points. And that's one of the things that WWE has really struggled with with Roman Reigns in that they've almost exposed all his weaknesses and hidden his strengths. And, you know, he's somebody who's a big guy, six foot three. He looks like a tough guy and uh, present him like one. And yet um, the promos he was given um, in the lead up to WrestleMania were just awful, completely didn't suit his character. And, you know, even since then, I mean, most of the time he's been given promos to cut, you know, the material he's been given to work with has been atrocious. And, uh, no, uh, where was that more evident than last week's Raw, where he did that segment with um, Sheamus, which was brutal. It was absolutely, it was possibly the worst final segment of Raw I've ever seen. It well, was that the, bad. The fans agreed with you because they were leaving in the middle of the segment. You could see people getting up and leaving the arena as if it was a fire drill. Yeah, yeah, because it was just a stupid, stupid, um, overstretched, boring, monotonous kind of um, promo segment, which served no purpose other than to kill whatever interest anyone may have had in watching that match. And that that's what helped to um, set expectations so low for TLC in that the main event was one that by the end of that Raw, nobody could even care one lick about. And, um, you know, it was good that they redeemed themselves with some excellent booking um for both uh, the TLC pay-per-view as well as Raw. So so well done, WWE. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our, our, our friend uh, Sam McGuire90 on Twitter said, I can't believe that kind of Raw actually happened. Vince played a massive part. I have to agree. Uh, Vince McMahon did play a massive part. It was great to see him out there. It was great for him to look Roman in the eyes and say, if I wasn't 70 years old, I'd kick your ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's He is the greatest character in that company's history it's possible i mean we could probably do a whole podcast just dissecting the mr mcmahon character and where he ranks in terms of greatest characters in the history of business i think some could make an argue that he is the greatest um so uh but yeah i mean it was great to have him uh, to be a part of it and you saw how much it meant uh you know wh- having him out there and and obviously a, a big moment for Roman Reigns and a big moment for Monday Night Raw as well uh let's see if they can continue the momentum well listen guys we have to move along cuz we still have a lot more to cover so let's get into our twitter questions and comments for this week this one comes from ike at alinei hockey 3 on twitter 
I'll direct this question first at you, Neil. He said, will WWE ever break out of the top face versus Vince or his progeny as the main feud on the show going back to the late 90s? Do you agree with Ike? Well, it's hard to disagree, I suppose, if you look back over the last year or so. I mean, that's the only difference has been that Vince has been replaced at times with the authority, with, with Triple H and, and Stephanie for filling that void. Um, it, it's been a model that the WWE have pursued for a long time now, isn't it? Um, I think he raises a good point. I'm, I'm finding it difficult to challenge it. I mean, I don't know. I think they've had more compelling things than you know than Vince versus the top guy. I mean, there, there, there's been several storylines throughout throughout the you know past, maybe not the past few years. I mean, I guess since 13, you know, the big story has been the man holding down, you know, the top baby face. But I mean, we've, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've seen, you know, rivalries. I think of, I mean, that great rivalry leading up to WrestleMania, uh, you know, the main event of WrestleMania between, uh, you got to think between, uh, what, what am I thinking of? Between Randy Orton and Triple H, how, how uh, personal that, that rivalry got. And it didn't have to do with someone holding somebody down. I mean, it it actually did involve Vince McMahon to a, to a lesser extent. But what I'm saying is, like, there's still uh, compelling storylines that can be told. You know, uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. I mean, the the main – Brock Lesnar over over this past year really – it wasn't an authority angle. It was, I you know, I beat – uh, Undertaker, I, I beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I mean, so I don't think it always has to be around Vince McMahon and and what was the word that he used? He used some word that I, I progeny. Think was, progeny. What yeah. a what a what a great word. What a copious vernacular on Ike right there. Yeah, there you go. Mo, do you agree <laughs> or disagree with Ike? I agree. I think that that's probably a fairly accurate observation. Um, that you know, certainly f- since the Attitude Era, um, there have been variants of that. Um, of that kind of storyline of the uh, ownership or representatives of the ownership um, being at loggerheads with um, the top star or one of the top stars in the company. If it hasn't been members of the McMahon family, then it has been um, general managers um, or equivalents representing um, the leadership within the company. And Who could you know, forget those compelling Brad Maddox years? As general manager. <laughs> yeah, you know that's an interesting, what fantastic. That's television. an interesting point because we were talking about this on one of the podcasts we cut earlier today uh, regarding Brad Maddox. Brad Maddox gets fired uh, for saying cocky pricks in a taped promo that never airs. No, Vince, no, in a dark promo. In a dark promo that never airs. And Vince comes out on the show last night and is like, "You son of a bitch," you know, and "You bastard," and all this other stuff. And it's like, say as I do, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what the hell? So, I mean, I guess if, if, you, if you're Vince McMahon or The Rock, it's always the Attitude Era. Exactly. You know? Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the rules apply for some, but not for others. But that's always been the way in the WWE, I'm afraid. But, uh, yeah, I th- there's so many different types of storylines that um, can be used because essentially it's, it's all about creating a conflict and um, – seeing one person or one individual, one group even, go up against another individual or another group and people wanting to pay to see that. And there's so many different types of scenarios that have been used in wrestling and even outside of wrestling. You just have to look at UFC, for example. I mean, what they come up with is real uh, most of the time, by and large. 
and uh, the scenarios recently with Holly Holm and um, Ronda Rousey, and then Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, um, different types of um, scenarios that have created money pay-per-views that almost undoubtedly were going to lead to um, even bigger money pay-per-views. And you can do some very simple things that can be very effective, and you don't need to overcomplicate it. And unfortunately, that's what's happened um, since the, the onset of the Attitude Era, is that um, by booking these super shows weekly, um, they're having to come up with more convoluted storylines. And um, the days of having squash match-orientated uh, TV shows is, is gone. And so the booking... Um, that was so simplistic back then has gone with it. And that's been one of the unfortunate downsides of the way that the wrestling business has evolved. It's just very exposed. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, that, that's another pod in itself about, um, you know, the evolution of booking um, from what it was perhaps up until 96, 97 compared to what it is now and whether um, that's been a good thing or a bad thing for the business. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see them move in a different direction. I mean, I've talked at length about um, other issues about the presentation of Raw and TV in general, and I'm not going to repeat those points. But um, certainly within the confines of how they present their product at the moment, um, I think it's time that they need to start moving away from um, everything being based around the authority in terms of the the top tier storyline or storylines, and. Uh, you know, it's time to move away. It's time to do something different. Well, they have made a change uh, on SmackDown anyway, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's get one more question in here. This coming from Shane at Shane2901 on Twitter. Thank you for your question, Shane. And this is the question. If it's Reigns versus Triple H for the foreseeable future, who's in the championship picture? Well, I think that's been answered partially now. Uh, so... What do you think about this, guys? Do you think Reigns and Triple H are going to go at it? And if so, how long will it be a match at the Rumble? Are they going to build something to WrestleMania? Neil, what do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, it, I think it was a match that we all saw on the horizon. It was teased over the last few weeks. I think a lot of people thought perhaps they were planning that for WrestleMania 32. But, you know, there's, there's no chance you can really see uh, Roman Reigns going into that pay-per-view as champion and facing Triple H because, you know, what would be the point? What, what is there to gain from it um, other than Triple H doing the job and, and putting him over? I, I think perhaps now that may be brought forward. We, we may see it as early as, as Royal Rumble. I mean, is there, is there fast lane in between in between the two um, this year? I'm not sure if that format's been copied. Yes, there will be a show between uh, Rumble and WrestleMania and it, it will be fast lane. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether Sheamus, you know, may head up against uh, Reigns in a rematch, perhaps at the Rumble, um, maybe leading to Triple H against uh, against Roman um, Fastlane or whatever the pay per view may be. I mean, what what I'm really excited, uh, and I'm sure everyone's excited about now, is is the permutations at the Rumble. You know, it's wide open, isn't it? It's, it's very difficult to, to tell who's going to go into that um, 30 man match and who's going to come out on top because. You know who's going to go up with Roman at WrestleMania? Personally, I, I'd like I'd like it to see I'd like it to be Brock Lesnar. Uh, I'd like the two of them to go at it again. And, and, and as you said, maybe moving away from the you know authority figure, keeping somebody down. Why not just have two absolute juggernauts going at it to find out who's the better man? Yeah. You know, I think I think that's a fantastic idea, Neil. You I mean when you look at Sheamus, Sheamus 
um, undoubtedly, at least during this time, was a transitional champion. Uh, that that was his role, and he facilitated the role. Um, I think this might have been WWE's plan all along. Not all along, but over the, you know, when Seth got hurt, okay, maybe we can get the belt on Sheamus and then use him to uh, get Reigns over, and that's what they did. You know, I, you know, we're going to see the obligatory rematch at the Royal Rumble, and I think that's the last we see of the feud. Now, the Triple H thing is interesting because Triple H, I think, is too big of a star, and I'm sure he feels like he is too big of a star to wrestle at Fastlane as opposed to wrestling at WrestleMania. And with the only opponent, really, that we can clearly see him go- facing at WrestleMania is Roman Reigns at this point. But I don't see that happening. What Would we really see a 2015 main event for the world title being shame- uh, being uh, Roman Reigns versus Triple H? I don't really see that happening. I do love the idea of Brock Lesnar entering. Can you imagine if Brock Lesnar just entered like 15 in the Royal Rumble and just literally one by one destroyed everybody as they came in? I mean, it, it was awesome. If it was up to me, he'd be in at number one. Oh, yeah, <laughs> even better. <laughs> even better. I mean, just like, you know, just eliminating just everybody who came in. Like, literally, yeah, he, he enters number one, and he eliminates 29 men. Like, here's, I mean, it would be fantastic. Here's a potential wild card to think about. You know, they've got to continue to do everything they can to get Roman Reigns over long term. Continue this thing. Cena versus Reigns. You're damn right. I'm thinking Cena versus. I thought of that that too. Because these people are inherently already going to boo John Cena no matter what he does. So why not have Cena enter the Rumble? Why not have Cena toss out these people? Why not have Cena come in 28 or 29? It's giving them that unintentional heat, and it's Cena going to WrestleMania versus Roman Reigns. Could be that perfect opportunity for Cena to make that heel turn you've been calling for, Mo. Oh, he's not turning heel. Oh, it would be a great opportunity to do that. And, you know, I'd be absolutely delighted. I'd be doing cartwheels down the street if they did that. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I just don't see it happening just yet. I think they still want to get another one or two years out of babyface Cena. And um, uh, I think they'll turn him heel when he's perhaps around 40 years of age and uh, can no longer credibly carry off his gimmick. Um. But, yeah, I mean, the, the beauty of it is I think now, unlike perhaps even last week, we can see a number of different options, a number of different scenarios that WWE can um, book to lead into WrestleMania. And, um, you know, it, it, it's good. I, I think it, it's exciting and it's um, encouraging for us as fans that they have got different directions that they can go down, all of which will be quite interesting and intriguing. Um I, I, I think um, one of the things that will eventually happen is um, a Triple H appearance at WrestleMania just because it's going to be the biggest attended show in the company's history. I just can't see him not wanting to wrestle on the show. And I think it will be ranged. I think there's a lot of time. Well, there is a lot of time in between now and then. So I think what will happen is um, I think Triple H will try to book guys to take him out and then when all of that doesn't work and he might do something to get the title off of Reigns uh, that will eventually then lead to a match between Reigns and Triple H at Wrestlemania with a title instead being contested between others Um, and it could be John Cena and chasing the title at Wrestlemania or possibly even defending it at Wrestlemania and then Brock perhaps doing something else um and then we've also got to remember that 
Undertaker is highly likely to feature in a prominent con- uh, prominent match on that show too. So um, there's all types of scenarios. One of the things that I'll only uh, be keen to see though is um, I'd like to see WrestleMania used to elevate a talent, and uh, we've not really seen that in the last few years. And now's the time. I mean, you could argue that they might use it to elevate Roman Reigns even further. Um, but I'd like to see them do something slightly different with some like Kevin Owens and with the right opponent, uh, WrestleMania could be the ideal time to elevate someone like that, um, to that bona fide main event, um, echelon. Well, you know, I, I mean, right. I, th- I think you bring up some, uh, some interesting points about, but I, you know, here's the thing for Roman Reigns, not to be champion going into WrestleMania. I think that just kind of, um, renders everything that just happened over the last month and a half useless. I mean, you, you finally build this guy up to be the champion. He wins the championship only to have it taken off at the next month or the month after. I think that would kind of leave us uh, dissatisfied with the product. And then, um, you know, and, 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 and the thing is, I just don't see – I don't. I just don't see Triple H and Reigns. Reigns there. But anyway. But back to your point about uh, WrestleMania not elevating anybody. I mean, I see the past two years have been prime examples of elevating a talent. You go back to WrestleMania 30. Daniel Bryan obviously had his huge moment, and he was at his zenith when he you know beat three future Hall of Famers in one night. And then last year, I think Roman Reigns being in the main event against Brock Lesnar extremely elevated his career to new heights and, and really solidified his uh, his presence in the main event scene. Yeah, I mean, you, you could say that. I mean, I think it was more than just about um, putting individuals over and uh, putting them in certain types of matches. It was about um, doing so- something different that significantly um, added to their momentum. Well, so what if you about think- Seth Rollins cashing in? Um, I, I I don't think that really elevated him um, uh, to a great extent. I think what happened in the months after that show did more for his career than um, what happened that night. Sure, it, I, I think it did help, um, but um, not elevate in the sense that um, if you go back to something like WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart against Steve Austin, um, that was a that was a real elevation um, in every sense of the word. And those are the kinds of matches you can't do every single year at WrestleMania. Um, but, you know, at the odd few WrestleManias every three, four years, you can certainly use those those shows, those forums to elevate someone um, to a genuine uh, main event level. And um, I think with somebody like... Um, Roman Reigns, whilst he was in the main event, I don't think um, it really raised his stock, um, especially uh, being screwed out of the title at the end. And um, similarly with Daniel Bryan, um, yes, it was good for um, um, the storyline, but um, you know, within a matter of weeks, um, the title was gone. Uh, Neil, any final thoughts on Roman Reigns' future before we move on? Uh, it's difficult. I think I think Mo may be right that if Triple H and, and Reigns do go at it at WrestleMania, that the title won't be involved just because I, I just don't see how you frame Triple H at this stage in his career chasing the, the World Heavyweight Championship. You know, you know, what purpose? You know, what purpose does that serve? Uh, trying to wrestle control back of his company, perhaps? I, 
I can't I can't see how you put across his motivation for for going for gold. So maybe if those two are to go at WrestleMania, then the Reigns will lose the belt in the meantime. But like you said, uh, that would seem somewhat disappointing given given you know the momentum that he's got right now and and, and how fantastic. I, I mean, let's let's not uh, beat about the bush. I mean, everyone's praised it, but the last couple of nights have been fantastic for WWE, and, and they get a lot of criticism and flack when you know things aren't going well but they, they really did knock it out of the park uh, at TLC and at, uh, on Raw and, and I, I want you know I really can't wait for the Royal Rumble now there's so many permutations so many different possibilities I mean there's names we've not even mentioned people like Sting what what role does he have to play in the coming months has he got anything left to give after the way he's been booked over over the last year? And well, I, I I I think with the news of of his his neck surgery um, coming up, I think honestly, I think we've seen the last of Sting in a competitive role in WWE. I mean, I think if, if there's any purpose for him to serve at all, it'll be to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame um, in Dallas. But uh, yeah. they're all interesting real- thoughts. I mean, especially yeah. if we we have we have you know if that is a plausible scenario and it actually happens to where the title is taken off Roman, uh, who would be in that program? I, I personally don't see it happening. Um, I I would think that uh, if anything, we would see Triple H and Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, uh, which would you know obviously set up Reigns moving forward with the title in in into Mania season because I'm just not certain what else you would do it at that point um, with the title. So. Um, with that being said, guys, we need to move on and talk about some breaking news that came down. It was it was broken over the weekend by Sports Illustrated and has since been confirmed by World Wrestling Entertainment, and that is that there is a new voice of SmackDown when SmackDown moves to the USA Network Thursday nights, January the 7th, and that is Mauro Ronaldo. And Mauro Ronaldo is a 30-year broadcasting veteran. Uh, he's currently the voice of championship boxing on Showtime, former lead announcer for Strike Force MMA. He also does the American broadcast for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. This came as pretty shocking news to myself and Brad Gilmore because the man he's replacing, Rich Brennan, is a former broadcast colleague of ours at Reality of Wrestling. And, of course, Rich, also the voice of NXT, um, had been groomed for some time to take this role at SmackDown, so it was a bit of a surprise to both of us. Let's go around the room here, gentlemen, and get everyone's thoughts on this move. Uh, we'll start with you, Neil. What did you think of this move, and are you familiar with Mauro Ronaldo? I have to take the fifth here. I, he's not somebody who, uh, who I'm familiar with. I'm not familiar with his work. I'm aware that you know he's a veteran of the MMA, you know, uh, play-by-play scene, and he's a longtime pro wrestling fan, from what I gather. But I don't really know, um, you know, what what he can bring and add to the product. I, I do know that SmackDown desperately needs. Uh, something. It, it needs an injection of fresh blood. It needs a new approach. It, it needs some reason to make me want to tune in and watch it because at the moment, I'm lucky I think I even fast forward through the show these days. Mo, what did you think of this move? Uh, you're, you're, you're more familiar with his broadcast work, correct? That's right, yes. I mean, I was a regular and avid viewer of uh, Pride Fighting Championships, which at one time was the number one MMA promotion in the world. And um, he started there a um, number of years ago, about 2004, I think. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at first he, he wasn't that great, um, if I'm being honest. Um, he was a bit unfamiliar with the MMA product, but um, um, he, he applied himself very quickly and uh, became very, very good. And um, he's been involved in wrestling 
um, on and off for 30 years as his state and um, big, big fan of the business. And as you point out, also currently commentates for New Japan show on um, AXS or Access, whatever it's called. Um, so he's very proficient as a commentator and um, will still continue in um, his role for Showtime Boxing, I believe, and um, also some MMA. So um, it's, it's a big move. And, um, you know, I think it'll be good for um, the SmackDown product because, as Neil points out, it's certainly been lacking um, in, in, in purpose and um, direction for quite a while now. And so it's moved to the USA Network will hopefully help it become a more relevant show again and um, make it something that I'm not going to spend only 20 minutes watching because I fast forward through so much of it. And uh, it's a shame, I guess, for Rich Brennan because, um, you know, he's um, done a pretty good job there. But uh, it's it's um, the way that the wrestling business is, and especially in the WWE, that uh, they get through announcers um, – except for two or three individuals, uh, very easily. And, um, you know, he's the latest victim. So the only thing I could say in conclusion is I hope um, Mauro Ronaldo has got some thick skin because, um, you know, if he isn't used to criticism whilst he's commentating, then he better get used to it very quick because he'll be getting it every week. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Brad? It's hard for both of us to give unbiased opinions of, on this because obviously we are we're close friends with Rich and we've worked with him for for some years now. Uh, your thoughts on this, your initial impressions when you heard this news, and we've had a couple of days to to simmer on it and think about it. Your thoughts on this? You know, um, I, I I'll echo the sentiments of of Neil and Mo in the in the respect of. SmackDown does need something. Uh, I don't think just moving to USA Network would be enough. You know, I mean, I watch SmackDown. I'm not a fast-forwarding guy. Uh, I watch the show. Um, but I watch the show because two of the three commentators are personal friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? One, a mentor. Um, so, you know, I mean, I watch it kind of just to hear what they're going to say more than anything, more than the actual matches, which I'm sure is crazy to some people that I watch the WWE show just for the commentary, but I do. Um, when I first heard this news, I, you know, I was shocked and I just think that this is another example of when you're trying to groom somebody like Rich and I'm completely unbiased. So my, my opinion isn't filtered at all. You know, um, when you take someone like Rich, who is such a great talent, I've got the chance to work with him. I've got, I've been on several phone calls, hours at a time, you know, with this man, and we're, we're talking about commentary. He's giving me pointers. I'm, you know, he's asking me how he's doing, and I'm telling him what I think, you know. And we're going back and forth about it. And I see this man go from uh, NXT to superstars to main event to SmackDown, right? And I'm like, wow, all within like a year, right? Yeah. I'm like, this guy is is killing it right now. He was obviously being groomed to be like, you know, the you know the next Cole. Uh, to a certain extent, and I was very happy for him. But and then right when he started gets his, getting his feet wet on national television, calling SmackDown, they replace him. You know, they they replace him. And I just think you're never going to have. Here's this thing: I don't know a lot about Mauro Ronaldo. I, I think I've seen him a couple of times on Showtime. Uh, he looks familiar. I don't know enough about his commentary. He's probably a great broadcaster. I don't know. Never heard him call wrestling. Um, but but the fact is. This guy isn't going to be your flagship commentator. 
He's not. He's still going to be working with ESPN and Showtime. So his duties are going to be split. That's why they put him on SmackDown and not on Raw. He's not going to be your flagship commentator. So why why invest in someone who's not going to be there forever and not really truly be a company guy, a guy who's going to continue to do other sports? Why do that? Why put all your eggs in that basket when you can home grow talent? When you can grow it straight, you have it. This is what you have NXT for, not just for wrestlers, but for announcers, cameramen, managers, whatever. I mean, this is why you start the Performance Center. This is why you start NXT. We, we know Rich was going to class. You remember that when he was telling us about going to class at the Performance Center? Why do all that if when you give the guy the ball and he starts to run with it and he's close to scoring the touchdown, you're like, you know what? Go to the bench. I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I per- personally, I think this is a product of, uh, as I've said before, WWE not knowing what it is that they want in that role. Um, there, there, there's, there's quite a bit. Uh, listen, I know personally, there's quite a bit of confusion behind the scenes regarding what it is that they want from the folks that are doing the job at the desk, the play-by-play guy, the color guy, the analyst. What is it that they want them to do? Uh, especially with the three-man booth. I've never been a fan of the three-man booth. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, even less of a fan of it now than I was when WWE first made it a mainstay on Raw a few years ago. Um, so in this case, you bring in a guy that quite honestly doesn't fit the WWE style at all of commentary. He just doesn't. Um, number one, over emotive. Yeah, you know, it's uh, widely it's widely known that Vince doesn't like announcers who yell. And all you need to do is go ahead and look at this guy's demo reel, and you'll see that he's definitely an excitable guy. Now, I don't hold that against him because I, I, that's my commentary style. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I, I like to display the passion to the audience and transfer that to them. I want them to understand this is a moment they should be excited about. And I'm not even doing it consciously. I'm doing it because I'm excited about what I'm commentating on. It's just how I am. In many respects, that's how this gentleman is. But at the same time, I don't think that fits into the WWE mold. So that indicates to me two things. Either WWE has changed its direction, they're making a shift in commentary style, and this is what they're looking for in the future. They want something different for SmackDown than what they have on Raw. If that's the case, fair play. Let's see how it works out. But if they're bringing him in so that he can fit some kind of mold or some sort of style, I just quite frankly don't think it's going to work. I think you're looking at another Mike Adamly here. Quite honestly, the only difference is this guy's a fan of the product, and Mike Adamly didn't even know who Jeff Hardy was. You mean Jeff Harvey? Yeah, Jeff Harvey. Okay? <laughs> so, I mean, that that's really what I would say about that. But, I mean, I, I agree. If you're going to groom talent for an opportunity, groom them, give them the ball, and give them time to succeed. Uh, quite honestly, there was nothing that I saw from Rich that he was doing that didn't indicate to me that he didn't deserve to continue to sit in that chair and continue to progress, quite frankly, um, because he's an excellent talent. He's a great commentator. And if he wasn't, he wouldn't have been promoted as quickly as you pointed out that he was. And, you know, we don't. We, and at this point, though, guys, we still don't know what the uh, setup's going to be. Are they just taking out Rich and are they putting in Morrow and keeping Booker and Jerry Lawler? From everything is, I've read online, that's what they're going to do. Okay, so that is, so that is what they're going to do. Yeah. Okay, well then, it's the shits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marrow's, Marrow's not a play, he's not a color guy, he's a play-by-play guy, so... No, I just uh, didn't know if they were going to keep, maybe move Rich to an analyst role like they kind of have Saxton doing on Raw. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Mm. Well, you never know. I mean, they might decide that Jerry's... Um, ready for retirement and might move him along and uh, perhaps give him that kind of a role. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd expect um, Jerry and Booker to remain and uh, Mara to slot into Rich position. And um, we'll see what else that brings. I mean, 
people generally, I mean, other new Brad don't generally watch the shows for the announcers. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so if, if the intention was, well, let's bring in Mara Ronaldo because maybe that will improve ratings. Well, they're sorely mistaken. Um, but if they think that will somehow improve their product, well, well, let, let, let's just see. But I, I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. Um, I'm familiar enough with Marrow's work um, to say that I think he'll do a good job, but will he be a Jim Ross? Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it, guys. Listen, it's been a great discussion, and we have reached that moment in the show where it's time for the shameless plugs. Oh, yeah. It's time. So, Neil, thank you very much for being on the show, my friend. Uh, I hope you'll come back and join us again. Um, Tell everybody, all the listeners, what is it you're involved in, anything you'd like to plug, uh, and so forth and so on. All right. Well, I had an interesting uh, couple of days. Um, As I say, it was at NXT in Blackpool on on Sunday night. It was was a great show. Um, First time, you know, obviously not not being out there in the States, not being able to catch NXT live before. It really was a a special um, atmosphere. Um, and yesterday or Monday morning, uh, what day we're on now? Uh, Monday morning, I had the chance to um, have a quick chat with um, Apollo Cruz. I, I still can't get used to calling him that and not Uha Nation. Um, and a quick chat with uh, Bull Dempsey uh, as well. Um, uh, that that interview, it's only a short piece, but that'll be going on the uh, Daily Mirror website at some point tomorrow morning. Uh, obviously, as we're looking ahead to NXT TakeOver London here, um, you know, it is fantastic for the UK fans to have essentially, you know, prime time pay per view. I'm not sure what time you guys will have to watch it, but for it us, it's on two in the afternoon two. over here. So yeah, two p.m. Central Time, three p.m. Eastern uh, for our US listeners. And when is that? Um, when is that? Wednesday? It's tomorrow. Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, Wednesday tomorrow for us. I mean, that's eight p.m. for us. So I mean, I can literally sit down with my dinner, sit down with my tea, and, uh, <laughs> and watch. Uh, you know, hopefully a top quality. Uh, you know, WWE events. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, it should know. be a sold out crowd as well, Neil. So, um, atmosphere, atmosphere should be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like I say, it, it really was phenomenal in Blackpool and, and there's such a talented roster there. It, I mean, it was great to see Sami Zayn back in action. Um, you know, going up against, uh, Finn Balor and, um, uh, Baron Corbin, um, who I, who I feel has got more to offer than perhaps some fans, uh, may believe at this stage in his career but uh, I'm digressing as I say you know check out my, my interview with um, Apollo Crews he, he did great work while he was here with um, Preston City Wrestling um, Azuha Nation if you, if you go on YouTube I'm sure um, PCW will have a number of matches up on there you know fans can check out of um, Apollo Crews as his time uh, Azuha Nation when he was even the um, PCW uh, champion at one stage um, and uh, and as I say, uh, give me a, give me a follow on the Twitter at you know it's a select brand of uh, Liverpool Football Club uh, related uh, musings and um, <laughs> wrestling uh, info. But uh, you know it seems to go down <laughs> fairly well. Uh, it's at Neil Docking. Awesome. Well, thank you again, mate, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I hope you'll come back and join us again. Oh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Neil. Well, Mo Chatra. What's well, going on with that book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think I'm having to start back at square one. So, uh, <laughs> since my time scale was back six months, but yeah, you know, we will get there. Um, rather than the book, got loads of things on, lots of pods, um, 
stuff, lots of stuff generally. <laughs> and, and for people who want to follow me on Twitter, at uh, MoChatra uh, is the place to check out my views on wrestling, mixed martial arts, Liverpool, and all parts in between. Awesome, man. Well, pleasure as always, my friend. Another great discussion tonight. Bradley. Oh, yes, my turn? Yeah, it is your turn. Oh, yeah. All right, take a deep breath. <sighs> all right. Uh, hey, uh, thank you all for having me on once again. Follow me on all social media at Brad Gilmore. Um, I'd like to thank, you know, uh, Matt for uh, allowing me to come back on this broadcast. Shout out to Mo. Neil, nice to meet you. Um, you can also check out uh, Matt and I's show, Your Opinion Doesn't Matter, five days a week on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and more. Also, every Saturday night, Booker T and myself host heated conversations on Sports Radio 610 here in Houston. It's available via the Play.it podcast platform, also on iTunes, the very next day. So you might want to check that out. Also, Reality Wrestling, you can check it out on YouTube for our international, list, uh, international listeners. You check it out on YouTube. Just type in Reality Wrestling, and you will see me and Matt Topolsky, but more so me because I am the 2015 Roe Ward winning <laughs> media maven. And so, uh, an illegitimate award illegitimate, given, given to an illegitimate Ill, talent. Illegitimate. You're an illegitimate talent. I can't even say that. I won, Matt. Give it up. I will not. And listen, um, I'm glad you said all that stuff because you saved me a whole lot. So all I'm going to say is three things. Number one, thanks to Gags, as always, for the platform. What up, Gags? Number two, follow me on Twitter, at Matt Topolsky on Twitter. Follow him. And number three, you can find out more about everything that I'm doing at MattTopolsky.com. There you go. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week with more of the Pro Wrestling Index. WWE, keep giving us what we want. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.